turn in your Bibles to uh, John chapter 17, 1 through 5. A lot going on here at Elevate Life Church. And again, we want to welcome our first-time visitors that are here. John 17, 1 through 5. And we've been talking about eternal life here on earth. And uh, we started this last week, and I want to continue on this thought. But let's look at what the Word of God says, John 17, 1 through 5. It says this, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life. Here it goes. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this Sunday morning that we could come together, not as a religious duty, but to hear your word, because your word is power, your word is life. And Lord, we don't take for granted that we could gather together around your word, receive from your word, and experience eternal life here on earth. And we ask, Lord God, that your spirit would move in here. Lord, I know by my spirit there's many needs in this room. There's some that are hurting really bad. There's some, Lord God, that are going through impossible circumstances and situations. Lord, I pray that eternal life would be released to help them through their trial, to walk in victory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Last week we began a thought, and I want to continue on that, and that is talking about eternal life. Eternal life is something we hear about in churches a lot, and usually we hear about it from the aspect of where will you spend eternity? In other words, you better get your, your, yourself right with God, because in order to have eternal life, you have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that is so true. But some people only perceive eternal life as being something that happens to you after you leave the earth and after you die. But what I submit to you through the scriptures today is that you and I are called to have eternal life here on earth. And this is important because many people are waiting for the rewards of heaven to enjoy the, the, the perks, or so to speak, of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there have been whole generations of the church in the past that all they did was sing about songs about heaven. One day I'll fly away. Come on, somebody. You know, one day I'll have my pie in the sky, you know, and I'll walk down the streets of gold. Oh, one day. And their songs been written about it. But see, unfortunately, we don't have to wait till we die to enjoy the blessing and the benefits of knowing Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, this is eternal life, that people would know the one true God. This is eternal life. This is what we're supposed to be having. Unfortunately, what we have in America is we have Christians who are hoping and praying one day they go to heaven. And while they're on earth, they have a bunch of hell. While they're on earth, they're broke, they're busted, they're disgusted. And they can't even be trusted, eh? Come on. I had a flashback right there, sorry. 
you know, they call, we, we call ourselves Christians, yet we have no victory in our lives. The divorce rate in the church is as high as it is in the world. Our kids, they turn 18. In America, 75% of teenagers that turn 18 leave the church never to return. It's not supposed to be happening. All while we're singing our songs every Sunday morning, all while we're coming to church every Sunday and, and doing all these things, yet people are not experiencing eternal life. And we want to correct this here at Elevate Life Church. Amen? Because your life's too valuable. My gosh, if you don't experience eternal life for yourself, experience it for your kids. Experience it so they can one day go to college. Experience it so they don't have to turn to a street gang like you did. Experience it so they don't have to turn to drugs and hallucinogenics and all that kind of thing to escape life. Listen, we've got to get eternal life working and flowing through us so that our families can benefit. Because I'm tired of seeing babies that we dedicate to the Lord, and in 18 years, we're standing in the courthouse trying to convince a judge that they're a good kid. Tired, that shouldn't be happening for, for those of us that serve the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. Shouldn't be happening that, that uh, you know, we're experiencing the same level of life as the world. And that's what we want to talk about today. We, how do we get this eternal life that Jesus gave his life for in working in us. And Jesus gives us a great key and he tells us this is eternal life that you would know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom was sent by him. And last week we looked at the word uh, eternity. The definition of eternity in the dictionary is infinite or unending time. It basically exists within time. The second definition that the, uh, the dictionary gives is that eternity is a state to which time has no application. It's timeless. In other words, it also exists outside of time. Two different dichotomies there, two almost opposites. Eternity basically has two definitions. Yes, it means we go on forever and ever outside of time, but it also means we can experience it within time. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what we need to unlock here. Because as I said earlier, we can't wait to experience eternal life when really, put it this way, really when you get to heaven, there's no need for you to possess the promises of God because there's, in, the Bible tells us in heaven there's no sorrow. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's none of these things. We have them here on earth. And that's why God gives us the promises and the ability to access his eternal life. And so uh, it goes on. We, we looked at last week, uh, uh, eternal life is not an idea of living forever in heaven. It's a byproduct of knowing Jesus or God for yourself. You don't find eternal life in church or religion. You only find it in him. We talked about this and why this is important, because some of you, your only experience with God is what you're doing on Sunday mornings. And although it's a good thing that you're here, you can't just live off of these two hours all week. Can I get an amen on that? Although it's a good thing that you got out of bed and you get here every week. Listen, if this is the extent of your walk with God, you're in trouble. And what are you in trouble? What are you in danger of? Well, you're in danger of becoming a religious Pharisee. We don't need another church of religious Pharisees. We don't need another church full of people that all they, they do is hear a sermon twi- uh, t- once a week for two hours and do nothing about it. 
They're not experiencing eternal life. See, you don't, you don't find eternal life just in church or religion. You've got to find it in him. And many Christians think if I just do Christian things, you're going to find it. And that's not so. John chapter 5, 37 through 40. He goes on in that same chapter and he says this. And the father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent him, you do not believe. Look at verse 39. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me, but you're not willing to come to me that you may have eternal life. Who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to the church people of his day, the Pharisees. The Pharisees were really good, catch me now, really good at listening to messages and sermons and studying the word. They knew the law in and out. They knew everything about what God had said. The problem was they did none of it. And unfortunately, I've just described some of you in this room. The scriptures you know, you don't do. The messages you know, you don't do. And the danger of living like that is we, become, we begin to be like what the Bible says, having the form of godliness, but no power. And we begin to resign ourselves to a place of being a modern day Pharisee. And listen, that's not where we want to be. And so we've got to look at these scriptures that Jesus was talking about here. Here, eternal life is not found in learning. I want you to write this down, but it's found in doing. Ooh, that was worth the price of admission alone right there. Let me say that again. Eternal life is not found in learning, but it's found in doing. Why is that so profound? Because we live in a culture in America. People are deceived in thinking that if I learn something, I've changed. Learning doesn't change you. Applying what you learn changes you. Can I get a strong amen on that? Y'all making me work for my amens, but you need to catch this today because I'm trying to help you. Learning is not enough. And we've got people that love to learn things. They're learning, learning, learning. I want to learn this. I want to read this book. I want to do. I want to learn, 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 learn. And they don't do any of it. People go to church to learn the word. And although that seems like a good thing, it's not enough. Learning is only the beginning place. There's some of you here that you know more than me, but you ain't doing none of it. That wasn't a slam. Don't get offended. I'm just being honest. What good is what we learn or know if we don't do it? Are you tracking with me today? And this is what Jesus was saying to the church people of his day. He said, you constantly learn. Every time Jesus broke out the scriptures, the Pharisees had something to say about it. And rather than being impressed with their knowledge, Jesus was always disgusted by it. I believe that's how he is today in America with a lot of Christians. We constantly just want to analyze God's word instead of do them. This has to change. Can I break it down for you? Because, so, you know, sometimes you, you come to church and you hear all the religious words and the jargon and stuff and, and, and you miss it. Let, let me put it to you this way. How, come on, how many dads we got in here? Okay, got some dads in here. All right. Yeah, be proud of that. Listen, if you're a father and you go in the morning before you go to work, you say, son, I need you to clean this room before I get home. All right. And your son says, yes, daddy. 
Your son says, yes, daddy, okay. You go to work, you come home, and the room's not clean. And you say to your son, son, didn't I tell you to clean this room? And your son says to you, yes, father, but when you left, I decided to look up the word clean. And when I looked up the word clean, I found that it just meant put things in order. And so therefore, I just pondered on my bed for about three hours. What is order? And so I looked up the word order. How many know before he got that second sentence out, you'd already be there with a spoon? Come on, somebody. Grounding him or something like that. Why? Because he did not do what the father asked. I submit to you, we're like that kid that instead of doing what Jesus asked us to do, we want to sit around and learn stuff. We want to sit around and analyze everything he said. Well, what did he mean by go out and save the world? Hmm, let's, let's analyze that. Listen, listen, listen. You, you, you put yourself in an awkward position when you just position yourself to learn but not do. And the thing that we've got to be aware of, and this is what Jesus is trying to teach us here. It's not enough. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to posture yourself to learn. But it's an incomplete thing if you don't take what you learn and apply it. And this is where we lose people all over the planet. Because learning is fun. Learning's a good thing. Learning can make you feel good. The Bible says this, learning and acquiring knowledge, knowledge puffs up. It gives you a false sense of security when you start learning some things. You start thinking, oh, I heard this before. I'm okay. No, you're not okay unless you're doing it. Oh, I've heard this scripture before. Oh, yeah, my old pastor. So what? The reason you're hearing it again is because God's saying you still ain't done it. Is this too real for you this morning? So let's keep going here. So eternal life is not found in learning, but it's found in doing. There's so much in that phrase that we have to learn to to continue the system of learning. And, and, And you can learn something from how you go to school, how you went to college. They don't just teach you and go, okay, did you guys get it? All right, great. We'll we'll see you in the next class. You know what they do? They test you. What is the purpose of a test? The purpose of a test is to give you the opportunity to do what you learned. See, some of you think it's to test if I learned it or not. Oh, you're going to need to catch this. Some of you think the purpose of a test is to prove what you learned. No, the purpose of a test is to give you the opportunity to do what you learned. That's a whole nother way of thinking. See, when you approach it the first way, that's why people cheat. That's why they cheat on tests. They don't, they, don't, they don't know how to approach tests the right way. They think it's just about a score. But the purpose of a test is to give you the opportunity to use what you learned. It's getting quiet in here. Am I getting too, uh, too up in your grill today? Because listen, understand this. When you hear a message, there's a test coming. When God gives you a word, there's a test coming. And the test is not to knock you off course. The test is not to humble you. It's the gracious, good, good father that we just sang about saying, here you go, my son. 
This is an opportunity for you to do what you heard on Sunday. This is an opportunity for you to do what you read about in your devotionals. Can I get a good strong amen in here? Now, see, this kind of preaching separates uh, uh, the, the, the wheat from the tares, so to speak. Because, you know, the real from the not so real. Come on. Because when you understand this thing's more about just me acquiring knowledge, that's when you tap into this thing that we're talking about called eternal life here on earth. Let me prove it to you. Let me keep going. So the strength in a Christian, I want you to write this down. The strength in the Christian life is found in his witness. The strength in a Christian life is found in his witness. Now, what does this mean? See, most of us measure a strong Christian or what we like to call in the church an on-fire Christian by what they know. How many scriptures they know? How many messages they know? How many preachers they can quote to you? How many things they can tell you? And how much they know? But that's not where your strength is found. Your strength is found in how you live your life And that is what we call a witness. And that is why you must understand to walk in eternal life here on earth, you got to share this Jesus that you care, that you say you have. You got to share this message that you've received. You've got to witness to other people. I put it to you like this. It's unacceptable to not win souls. It's unacceptable that your life doesn't affect others in a positive way. See, many people, now now track with me because we're, we're, we're shifting some things in our thinking with how the church thinks. We think somebody's strong because of what they know. Jesus says, no, they're strong because of what they do. So there could be somebody in here that ain't even been saved a year, can't quote any scriptures, But every scripture he learns, he does. He still don't know how to, you know, say the right things and talk the right way. And he still makes dumb decisions. But boy, does he get people saved. But boy, does he get out there and make a difference in people's lives. Are you tracking with me? He don't have a Bible college degree. Come on. He don't know how to quote stuff. But the fruit of his life. His witness shows you how strong he is. See, we've got to become a church culture where we understand this. Because the other side of this thing, if you only promote what people know, if you only promote people who know a lot that don't do a lot, you get religious Pharisees. And religious Pharisees have no love for nobody. They look down on the drug addict. They look down on the divorcee. They look down on the single mom. And they go, oh, if you were living right, you wouldn't be that way. If you had Jesus, maybe you... See, that, that's an ugly... That, nobody wants that. I, we don't want that in this church. This ain't, your, this ain't that church. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, this ain't that church. So if we're not going to be that way, if we're not going to measure our strength by what we know, we have to measure it by what we do. And this starts... From as young as you can go to as old as you can go. There's got to be fruit in your life. You've got to have stuff in your life that points to the fact that you serve God. This is how we unlock eternal life. 
And you say, well, why is it so important that we do these things? Because as we're talking about eternal life, you've got to remember what the Bible says about what you doing, what you do for others, God will do for you. You got to remember scriptures that say give and it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Luke chapter six. Basically, it means this. What I give out comes back to me. If I don't give out nothing, nothing comes back to me. And I can blame God all I want. I could pray and cry and get on my face before God. And if I'm not out there releasing eternal life, eternal life doesn't come back to me. Are you with me today? So I want to talk to you a little bit about in the remaining time that I have here right now, activating eternal life now. Okay, activating eternal life now. How do I get eternal life to help me now? Because now is when you need it. You ain't going to need it when you're strolling down the streets of gold. You ain't going to have no problems up there. There's no sickness. The Bible says there's no sorrow. So you ain't going to need it there. You need it now. You need eternal life to help you pay your bills. Come on, somebody. You need eternal life working with you to help you start this business, to help you save your marriage, to help you raise some kids that ain't crazy. We need eternal life to break our addictions. Y'all making me work this morning. So we have to activate eternal life in the now. So let me give you some steps here. Number one, because I know Christians like steps. <laughs> Christians like steps. We're the only people, they like, we like everything in a step, step, step. So I'm going to give you a step, but this step ain't going to do you no good unless you do it, okay? Uh, activating eternal life now. The first thing, number one, first thing I got to do to activate eternal life is I got to obey his word. Matthew chapter 19, 16 through 22. I want, to read, I, want you to, I want to read this to you right now. Jesus is being asked here, what do I need to do to have eternal life? You may have read this uh, many times before, but I want to bring something to life for you here. Verse 16, put it on the screen there. It says, now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And so he says to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, listen to this, keep the commandments. And he says to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20, the young man says to him, I've done all these things. I've kept these from my youth. What do I still lack? See, even he knew that's not enough. There's got to be something else. And Jesus says to him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. You see, the first step in activating eternal life in the now is you've got to obey his word. And that's what Jesus tells this guy. He says, hey, you want, to, you want eternal life? Do the commandments. What was he saying? Obey my word. I like to say it like this. Obey the word you know. Obey the words you know. See, some of you might not know a lot. Obey what you know. Yeah. Obey what you know. You may not know the ins and outs of the New Testament and Old Testament, but what you do know, begin to obey that. You say, well, why does that activate eternal life in me now? Because his word is eternal. Psalms 119 verse 89. 
It says, your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. How do I get God's life to flood my soul right now? I'm dealing with stuff in my relationships. I got these things that I can't shake. I can't stop doing all this. The first thing you got to do is you got to start obeying God's word. You got to bring God's word off of those pages into your life. Why do I got to do that? Because we just read God's word lasts forever. If he said it, he's bound to it. If he said it, he has to do it. And anytime you take God's word off of those pages, put it in your life, and you begin to perform it, you begin to do it, what you're doing is you are having new life, eternal life, flood your situation. Y'all need to catch this. Because as much as some of you know, you don't do what you know. Trouble hits, you go to complaining. You go to complaining. Just going through a hard time right now. I just need some prayers. See it all the time. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to ask God what you need to do. Don't live on my prayers. Don't live on anybody's Facebook prayers. Oh, that's a sensitive situation right there. That's my Facebook intercession team, Pastor. Listen, what you need to do when you're faced with a problem is you need to find God's word on it. What does God's word say to do when you got lack? It says to give. How do I get eternal life off of them pages? I do his word. Oh, I'm struggling. I ain't got enough money. I got to give. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense. But is it God's word? Well, yeah, because God's word tells us in Luke chapter 6, give and it'll come back to you more than you gave. If you learn to obey the word, eternal life floods your life. See, some of you here, you're going through it. You know you need Jesus. How do you get Jesus? Receive him into your life. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Forsake your old ways and begin to live for him. Guess what will flood your life? Eternal life. And every time after that, you take something out of the scriptures and you apply it to your life, eternal life floods your soul. It floods your situation. Are you guys getting this? So think about what is the most pressing thing in your life? What is the most pressing thing you're going through? Find out what the scriptures say about it and begin to obey God's word. His word's eternal. He's bound to it. If he gives you a promise, you got to begin to activate that word. When you're dealing with sickness in your body, what does the word say about that? Well, the word says that by his stripes, you were healed. Are you tracking with me today? You're healed. So what's the first thing we need to do when we're dealing with sickness? How about begin to speak his word? How about we begin to believe his word rather than complaining to everybody that we see? I'm sick. I'm sick. I got the flu. Man, just start start believing God. Start getting up and and rising in that word. So to activate eternal life, you got to obey his word. Number two. Number two, step number two, we got to speak his word. Mark eleven twenty one through 23, it's a very familiar scripture. If you got a mountain in your life, Jesus said, speak to that mountain. Read the story on your own. For the sake of time, I'm not going to get into it. But man, if you don't know Mark eleven twenty one through 23, that should be the ABCs of your faith. You should learn that text right there. 
You need to learn that every problem you face can be spoken to. And Jesus goes on to say, when you pray, believe you can have, believe and speak and you can have what you say. Ooh, that makes people mad right there. That makes people mad when they, religious people hear that. You know why religious people get mad at that scripture? Because they don't like doing nothing. They just want to learn, learn, learn. Now Jesus said, no, do. Do. If you, if you can't do nothing else, at least speak. See, your words will bring eternal life into your situation. That's why some of your prayer time should just be walking and speaking. Father, I thank you. I'm blessed. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm smart enough. Lord, my relationship is going to work out. My family is going to be blessed. Lord, my kids will go to college. There has been sometimes I've sat in my prayer closet and just said they will. No, they will. They will. They will be saved. No, they will be saved. They will be saved. They will be saved. You heard me in my prayer. You think, boy, he's crazy. But I ain't praying to you. I'm trying to activate eternal life. Sometimes you got to just speak over your business, speak over your life, speak over your vision. I've told you so many times before I ever got on a plane to go around the world and preach in different places. I walked my bedroom floor and I called in those plane tickets. Father, I see see myself, Lord, getting on planes. I see myself going to other nations and preaching. I'm going, God, I'm going. I'm getting on planes, and I'll just pray. Yes, Lord, thank you that I'm getting on planes. I'm getting on planes, and I got all the money I need to pay for it. All the while, I'm sitting here broke, don't know nobody, and nobody want me preaching in their church. But what is that? It's It's eternal life. What if you just began to speak the word over your marriage, over your spouse, over your kids, over your business? What if? You know, it's amazing, something so simple, many of you are going to leave here and you still ain't going to do it. I I don't get that. I don't understand that. A couple weeks ago, actually it's been a little longer, we printed out those confession cards. How many remember those confession cards? I believe we still have some in the back. You need to grab some on the way home. Because some of you that deal with sickness, you need to confess that every day instead of just telling your spouse how miserable you feel. We got quiet up in here. Instead of just complaining to everybody about your back, about your headaches, about whatever you're dealing with, how about you just take that confession card and speak those blessings over your life every day? Say say every day. Say it again. Every day. Every day. That's how you get eternal life into your life. This church, where we're at right now, almost six years in, it didn't just happen. Before we started, my wife and I would pray every day. Say every day. God, we're building a church. People will come. Bring the people. Bring the finances. Everything has to be spoken into existence. I pray as you leave here today, you just don't let that go and go, oh, that was a good word, Pastor. I believe you begin to fill your prayer life with the right words. Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us that our words frame our worlds. The world was framed by the word of God. We got to speak his word. Number three, you still with me? Activating our eternal life now, obey his word, speak his word. Number three, here's a good one. Help others. Help others. Help others. 
You say, well, how does that activate eternal life for me, Pastor? You're getting, off, you're getting on a bunny trail here, Pastor. You're getting into that love God, lift others thing when you really need to be telling me how to get my eternal life in my life. How does what I do for others affect me, myself, and I, Pastor? Well, let me tell you, selfish Sally. <laughs> Helping others is activating eternal life because that which you give out comes back to you. What you do for other people, God will do for you. So when you give to others, whatever it is you gave is coming back to you. Man, this is should excite you. This is why our vision, it's not a, just a motto and a nice saying, love God, lift others. If I could raise up a breed of believers that make this the foundation of their existence, we won't be broke. We won't be busted and disgusted. Because if we learn that loving God is only really done when you're loving people. Oh, let me, let me pop some bubbles in here. See, some of us think that, oh, I'm loving on God when I'm worshiping him. And you go home and you lock yourself in your room and you just love on the Lord. Just loving on God. That's not what loving on God is. Loving on God is found when you love on people. That's why he said, when you do this for the least of them, you're doing it unto me. Oh, read the scriptures. Read the scriptures. He, he said to the guy in heaven, hey, thanks for visiting me in jail. And he said to the master, what? When were you in jail? He goes, no, you don't get it. When, remember that one time you went and visited Chewy over there in jail? What you did for him, if you know a Chewy, please don't. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just using that name. When you went and visited him, it was chalked up as if you did it for me. When you went on that outreach last week and you played with those kids, and you gave up your sleep in Saturday. Come on. Come on. We, whatever you gave up. What you gave up. You didn't just give it up for some little kids. Jesus said, man, you played with me that Saturday. You took care of me out there. You cooked tacos for me. You set up at 8 o'clock for me. And, every th and that is why he says, what you do for other people, I will begin to do for you. We got so many Christians in America right now trying to figure out how to get blessed. Five steps to blessing. Three keys to blessing. All these, how do, I, how do I get minds? Yeah, I said minds. How do I get minds, God? Listen, the way you get yours is by giving out. Having a mindset that says, man, I got to help people. I got to do something for my coworkers. How can I be a blessing to the people that I work with? Is there an opportunity for me to serve? Bam, I want to serve. I'm always blown away. Easter, man, we had over 100 people serving, volunteering out here, a church our size. Listen, we better never lose that. We better never. If we're 1,000 people, we should have 1,000 people at the outreach. Why? Because if we can do that, we can change our world. 
Because we're killing two birds with one stone. Number one, we're meeting the needs in our community around us. Number two, God then is beginning to meet our needs. He'll make sure a church like ours ain't broke. He'll make sure Christians like you don't go without. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower. If you ain't got seed to sow, maybe it's because you ain't a sower. Because I always got money to give. Oh, yeah, I'll say that. I always got something to give. My wife and I, we're making sure we always giving something. You want to know why? Because he said, I'll give seed to the sower. The way I make sure that I always have seed is I'm always sowing. Oh, y'all don't want to hear this this morning. But see, I'm trying to help you get eternal life now here on earth in your life. So you got to hear the word and obey it. You got to speak his word. And then you got to get out there and help other people. Luke chapter 6, 38 tells us this. Give and it will come back to you. Press down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom? What is it talking about? It's not just talking about money. Give your talent away. Give your love away. Give knowledge away. Help people. Lift others. That's what this elevated life thing is about. Matthew 19, 21. We just... We're reading that. We were, we were looking that. Look what it says in, uh, in verse 21 there. Jesus says to him, this is the guy that asked how I get eternal life. He says, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor. And look at this next part. And you will have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. Look what verse 22 says. But the young man heard that saying, and he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. This is where many of us are at. We want eternal life, but we're not willing to do things for the poor. We're not willing to help other people, not just the poor, anybody. You see, this is a stumbling block for people right here who want to just live. It's all about me, my business, my family. No, you got to come out of that. That's a coffin you got to come out of that thinking. That, that's dead thinking. And you've got to come into the life of God that says, man, I'm alive to be a blessing. I'm blessed to be a blessing. And as Jesus is talking about activating eternal life to this man, he says, okay, you've, I see you've done the word. The man says, I've done that. I've kept all the commandments. I've obeyed the word that I know. So Jesus hits him with this. Well, now it's not enough to know and do those things. Now you got to learn to live for other people. See, most of us in this room, we're pretty good at doing the commandments that affect us. Pretty good at it. Us Christians are pretty good. We learned to, to stop, you know, going out, drinking, smoking. Some of us, some of us have, some of us. We, the rest of us, we won't get there. Amen. In Jesus' name, you're going to get there. We've learned to stop tipping and tapping going out with having premarital. We've learned how to do certain things. But many Christians, you'd be surprised, don't do anything for anybody else. And that's no way to live. The matter of fact, the quickest way to stop the flow of eternal life from flowing in and through your life is to keep it for yourself. The moment you just hoard it to yourself, it stops flowing. You got to keep that tap running. You got to keep, who are you pouring into? Who are you helping? 
Who are you out there influencing? Who are you winning to the Lord? This is, this, this is a key. This is something that you got to catch right here. Put that scripture up on, on, the, on the screen there, Matthew. Matthew 19. And this is what Jesus was telling, trying to tell this guy. Because even the young man knew. Oh, you need to get this. He said, Jesus said, you got you to do my word. He says, well, I've been doing the word. Which word are you talking about? He said, keep my commandments. And he goes down and he lists the commandments. The young man goes, well, I've been doing that. But what do I still lack? And that's like some of us in this room right here. You go to church, but you know you're still lacking something. Some of you have asked, there's got to be more to it than this. Come on, how many of you ever hit that point in your Christian walk? You said, there's got to be more to it than this. This is what Jesus is saying. You want to cross over? You want to leave that world? You've got to live for other people. You've got to start making a difference in others. So activating eternal life now, obey his word, speak his word, help others. And the last one here, number four, follow him. Follow him. What does this speak about? Discipleship. Discipleship. Follow him. Verse 21 there in that scripture there, Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give to the poor, you will have treasure in heaven. And then he says this, and come, follow me. You know what's interesting? The dude left. The dude said, no, I'm straight. I can't do that. I got too much. See, the problem was many of us, we love our lives too much. Even though it's dead, even though it ain't good for us, even though it ain't producing nothing, some of us still don't want to lay it down before the Lord. Been there, was in that wrestling match, and thank God I decided to give it up. Some of you, this is your Sunday to lay it down. It ain't getting you anywhere. If it was so great, you'd be producing better fruit. You wouldn't be in the situation you're in. And you know you're in a bad situation. Well, what's the key? Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Don't be like the guy in this story here. Don't be like this guy right here who he, he asked the question. He's the guy that asked, how do I get eternal life? But he didn't like the answer he got. Jesus shot straight with him. He said, hey, live for other people. Follow me. I can't do that. Some of you in here have walked away from services like that. I can't do that. Only to find that nothing will ever change in your life. Because the key to overcoming the situations you're in is found in eternal life. Let me prove it to you. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 29. Put that on the screen there. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And here it is, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Follow him. Following him is difficult because, yeah, you got to leave stuff behind. You know what else you got to leave behind? People. That's hard. That's hard to leave some of these people you grew up with, people drinking buddies and people that pulling you in the wrong direction, people that are contributing to your failed marriage. People that are contributing to the downfall of your kids. You got to leave them behind. You got to leave situations behind. You got to leave lives behind. But you really want this eternal life thing? 
you got to make some tough decisions. You got to start making some lifestyle changes. And people don't want to do that. See, people are just like this young guy. What was this young guy's problem? Well, he had a lot of stuff. Maybe if he was poor, come on, maybe if he was broke, he'd say, cool. Hey, keep my donkey over there. That's yours now. I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> but this dude probably had houses, bank accounts, businesses, worth something. He couldn't break away. Even though he's the one that asked, how do I get eternal life? And there's some of you here, man. You, 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 you've got you've to track, track with me here. You've got to get this. You need eternal life today. If you wait another day, you, you go back to your addictions. You go back to the things that medicate you to get you through life. Man, that's no way to live. That's no way to live. It's time to activate, activate eternal life now in your life. Do you help me on the keys, Eddie? Obey his word. Speak his word. Help others. It's not enough to learn. You've got to do. It's not enough to be a Christian by word. We've got to be a Christian by our deeds. And then we've got to follow him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdens, burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. What that means is take, come, into, come into my body. Come in and be a part of this thing. Make my business your business. And I love who he's talking to here. He's talking to the weary and the burdened. And when he's saying that to him, what he's saying is this. You come and you put my yoke on you, eternal life will flood your situation. It'll just be like, shoo, you're ready. You're going to start that business, God's with you. You're going to launch that endeavor, God's with you. You're going to buy that house, God's with you. Whatever your dream is, eternal life will help you get through it. Because, man, challenges, mountains, they drain your energy. It's hard when you're believing God for some things that seem impossible. You've got to learn to get that eternal life flowing. But you got to follow him. Let's stand on our feet this morning. You got to follow him. I know this by my spirit today. Some of you got to make that tough decision. I say it's tough. It's not really, but I know it's tough to you. See, from my perspective, I, someone that's been there, I can tell you what's on the other side is way better than what you're giving up. But I get it. In your perspective, it's a hard thing. How am I going to do this? And sometimes you can overthink it. Sometimes you can just sit there and go, yeah, but this, but that. Listen, you can talk your way out of a breakthrough easily. But sometimes you just got to obey his word. Sometimes you just got to step out of, of the boat and say, man, God, I don't know a lot of things, but all I know is I need you. And your word says, if I come to you, you'll receive me. Your word says that if, you, if I ask you for forgiveness, you'll forgive me and cleanse me. You'll give me, you'll, you'll, you'll cause me to be born again. What does that word born again? It means a new start, a fresh start. I don't care what you've done. Everything's deleted in God. The Bible says he takes our sins, our failures, our mistakes, 
and he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness, which basically means he remembers them no more. This your morning. Bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment because I want you to hear my words and I want you to think about this. Some of you here, don't, don't go any longer. Don't go any longer missing out on the eternal life that's supposed to be yours today. If you know you need to get your life right with God, there's no sense in boxing with him and wrestling with him. Man, let's do this. Let's start this journey. Let's get on it. Let's get God flooding into your problems, your situation, everything you're doing. Let's get God moving in your life to a whole nother degree. It don't take nothing but a decision. To activate eternal life, step one is to obey his word. And his word is saying to you right now, come unto me, all you that are weary and burdened. And that's some of you in this room right now. So if you're here today, I want, to, I, want you to ask, I want to ask you to do something real bold. If you say, man, I need to give my life to Jesus this morning, I want you to just slip up a hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. If you're ready to get this thing right. Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand back there. Yeah, I see this hand over here. Yes. Yes, don't be ashamed. Yeah, there you go. I see that hand back there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody? I see that back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that here. I see that here. Praise God. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing, and this is not to embarrass you. Jesus said this, if you won't confess me before people, how can I confess you before the angels of heaven? Obey his word. Come to him. And if you just raise your hand right now, I want you to just get out of your seats. And I want you to just come up here right now so we can pray with you. I'm not going to do anything weirdy or anything like that. Just make a public confession. I'm getting this thing right with God. Just stand right here. Give them a good hand as they come. Come on. You can come up with them. You come up with them if they're new. Come on up here with them if you want to. Listen, if you're out there, this, this could be a little embarrassing thing. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Why don't you just ask your neighbor, hey, if you need to go up there, I'll go up there with you. Just ask them right now. Take a moment. And, if they, and they say, okay, then just come on down with them right now. Just come on down with them if they need to. Yeah, give them a good hand. Man, God bless you guys. Eternal life. It's eternal life right here. It's eternal life. Now, you guys that are up here right now, listen, you ain't got to feel no shame or anything. You are activating eternal life into your life right now. You took a bold step, an uncomfortable step to come up here. We're going to pray this prayer. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he comes into your life and shoo, eternal life will begin to be released into your life. Not just so you can go to heaven one day, which is cool, you get to. But so now... God can start working in your lives. And that's what we're talking about. We're all going to pray this together. I want you all, you guys that are up here, just close your eyes for a moment. And again, I know you mean this with your heart. That's why you raised your hand. I want you to pray this after me. Say, Jesus, Jesus I, need I need you. I've got things going on in my life that I need you to help me get through. I know I haven't lived for you. I know I've done things wrong. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Help me live for you. I'm not perfect. 
I'm going to make mistakes. But teach me how to obey your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a good hand clap. Listen, we're going to do one other thing, okay? This is only the beginning. Man, I pray that every single one of you, this is only the beginning. Pastor Cheeto is going to take you right out these doors. A few seconds. It's not going to be long. He's just going to talk to you. A couple of the A-team are going to pray with you guys, and they're just going to help you and just agree with you so that eternal life just begins to start working in your lives. And then after that, you know what? You come back next week and the next week and the next week. And the next week, you begin to see God improving your life through every word he releases in your life. So Pastor Cheeto, just raise your hand and just lead him out right there. Let's give him a good hand clap as they go. Only take a few moments. Won't take long at all. I promise your rides will, will stay with them. I promise they won't leave without you. Amen. Praise God. And the rest of you, I just want to pray with you. Close your eyes for a moment. God, I just pray that you change the way we do church. We don't only want to be hearers. We want to be doers of your word. As much as we want to learn, as much as we love to learn, Lord, don't let us be content with just learning through our heads. But Lord, let us, let us desire to know your word intimately by engrafting it into our lives. I pray right now for every person, every believer, every member of this house that you, Lord God, would begin to work in our lives. Teach us how to do the word in our life that we know and release eternal life into every person's situation. Those families that are believing to buy a new house, new cars, new jobs, Lord, flood their life with eternal help. Work in them, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Listen, before you go, if you need prayer for anything, me and the pastoral team will be up here for a little while to just pray and agree with you guys. But we love you. Listen, don't miss next week. We're going to go into a whole other thing here, and we're praying for you this week, man. God bless you guys. Don't forget, sign up for the Marriage Awakening and the uh, Fathers and Sons A's game. It's going to be a lot of fun there. And uh, we still got some T-shirts for sale in the back as well. So God bless you guys.